Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Oh boy, you guys are in for a treat with episode 174 where we are speaking with returning guest Samantha Skelly. The last time I talked with Samantha, it was 60 episodes ago. So as you can imagine, a lot has happened since then. Today, we talk about everything from our current missions in life to her being a, a, a stunt double to movement and how letting go and shedding the mindset of exercise makes movement finally available to you. We talk about the inner child and curiosity in life. And we also talk about, of course, relationships and dating and letting go of old stale beliefs around who we want to date so that we can make room and pave the way for the new, for the right partner. If you're holding on to beliefs that do not ring true to you about who you're supposed to date, maybe beliefs that were given to you when you were younger from your parents, it might keep you from meeting the love of your life. So today we talk about letting go of those beliefs and we talk about beliefs we have personally had to let go of. It's a very juicy, juicy episode. So stay tuned. You are not going to want to miss this one. Samantha Skelly is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, best-selling author, and emotional eating expert. As founder of Hungry for Happiness, a movement to empower women to overcome their disordered eating and body image issues, Samantha has revolutionized the weight loss industry by examining the individual and underlying causes of eating disorders. She has shared her mission on an international platform with appearances on Global TV, Shaw, NBC, and CBC. In 2013, Samantha was awarded top 24 under 24 and in 2014 she was named a finalist for best emerging entrepreneur by small business bc samantha continues to spread her message and transform the lives of thousands of people through her program motivational speaking engagements and hungry for happiness podcast worldwide international retreats and her best-selling book hungry for happiness one woman's journey one woman's journey guide from fighting food to finding freedom awesome awesome woman you're going to love this episode before we head on over here is the review of the, the week this comes from sojo runner she says thank you with five stars and two exclamation points just listen to your podcast with Paige smathers and then the top tips for intuitive eating which is a podcast of mine by the way guys your story is inspiring me to let go of the power food has over me i know it's going to be a process but i look forward to the other side thank you you are so welcome sojo runner thank you for listening to the episode i did with Paige smathers on her podcast and then listening to my podcast the top 10 tips for intuitive eating thank you thank you thank you for leaving a review after listening to that episode i so appreciate that that's a wonderful way to support the podcast if you have not left a review but yet you've been a long time follower i would so appreciate that guys that means the world to me it is the itunes currency so it helps me to get higher in the rankings which means more people get to discover the show who wouldn't normally discover it you are going to want to stick around to the end of this episode because we are going to be sharing big news about a wonderful incredible life-changing program that samantha skelly is putting on called society and where you can get a link to apply for it but you definitely want to stick around to the end of the episode because we're going to talk all about it what you can ex expect in it who it's for and it'll give you a really great insight to see if this is something you might actually want to do if you're learning to break free from emotional weight and emotional eating this is something you do not want to miss so stay tuned for that insight last but not least if you have been curious about taking your life to the next level about maybe creating an online business yourself becoming a coach yourself or maybe starting to be an intuitive eating coach or to create an art business whatever it may be if you have a passion or a pursuit that is deep down inside and wanting to be experienced and lived out but you just need clarity and guidance 
I highly encourage you, I invite you to listen to the episode I did titled Creating an Online Business with Integrity and Heart and then applying for my coaching program. If you apply for my coaching, you can expect to receive an email back from me where we will dive deeper into what you're pursuing to create in your life and then maybe move on to a call. So apply for that. I will have a link on the show notes for this episode as well as a link to the episode I did called Creating an Online Business with Integrity and Heart. And without further ado, I think now is the time to head on over to the show. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie moon and her inspirational guests every wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom vulnerability abundance and so much more for more insight grab your free gift on maddiemoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within if you have kind words to say feel free to leave a review on the show in itunes or send your favorite episode to a friend we look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. And we are back here on the Mind Bottom Musings podcast. And I'm here with Miss Samantha Skelly, who is a returning guest on the show. Last time I had her on, I was in Bali. And we had such a deep conversation about body image and weight, emotional weight. It was beautiful. Tons mm. of hits on that one. So if you have not listened to that intro to Samantha, you will definitely want to listen to that podcast episode. I will have a link to that in the show notes for this. But here we are today to talk about some other topics, but a lot of juicy things are in store. So Samantha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, girl. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So I will not have you dive deep into the who are you question and your background story, but I will start here. I will start with asking you right now, um, let's see, it's about a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. What has changed for you in your mission in life and how are you fulfilling that currently? Oh, what a great question. Um, so, you know, it's so interesting that you asked this right now. I was actually thinking about this exact thing yesterday. I feel as if every single time I try and play small with this with this company and with this mission, it's like I have this intuitive hit that's like, nope, you're not doing that. Like your role on this planet right now is to revolutionize the weight loss industry. And however you need to do that, you need to just keep doing that and keep putting one foot in front of the other. And there was this point when I was like, universe, I'm just tired. <laughs> like I'm so tired. <laughs> um, and and it's just, it's just become so clear to me that like I just need to get this support around me in order to make this happen because we're living in this broken structure of people dieting and binging and dieting and binging and putting band-aids on bullet wounds and hating their body and being disconnected from it and at the end of the day like it's it's so what once we get out of that vicious cycle what we can do after that is so incredible you know so incredible like you and I talked about acro yoga before we put on the recording and acro yoga is one of those incredibly freeing beautiful movement practices where we just feel so connected to our bodies and to other people there's no way I would have done that when I was in the vicious diet binge cycle I was just like no I'm just I'm spending too much time doing this I don't have time to fulfill what my heart wants and so in the last year and a half it's just been so clear to me that I need to pull on every string in order to really make a dent in this industry and revolutionize the weight loss industry by helping people identify what is the emotional weight that they're holding on to that the physical weight is is representing. So, yeah, and I moved down to San Diego. I, I feel, God, a year and a half ago. I feel like that was like 10 years ago. I know, right? Like, I, I, remember, I remember the exact place I was when we recorded. I was at like this co-working space in Bali in this teeny tiny, like it was touching my shoulders. Like it was this really small square of a box. I, I remember in. that. I remember that. That's right. Was that in um uh, uh Hubud in Ubud? No, it, no. This one. 
actually it might have been it was a really cool space i'm forgetting the name for some reason that doesn't sound too familiar but that might actually be it mm. yeah gosh i miss bali me too <laughs> it's freaking sweet but yeah go, okay so there's two things here first thing before i forget yes acro yoga oh my goodness if it was two years ago i wouldn't have considered it to be a real workout so like my brain wouldn't be able to wrap my head around how i could totally. spend time doing it it's like Okay, but how many but how many calories do you burn doing acro? Yeah, how many yeah, calories yeah, yeah. am I burning doing a handstand? Or if I'm not really if I'm not the base, am I still burning cal? Like all of those thoughts. Totally. So there's, totally. There's that layer layer, but then there's the layer of touching another human being that I don't really know intimately, like holding them up and having to move them around with my feet or trusting them to 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 get me, like to have me. I'm safe with them, trusting mm-hmm. my spotters. And if you don't know what acro yoga is, for anyone that's like, what are you talking about? It's partner <laughs> yoga. It's basically doing acrobatics on top of another body. Either you're on the bottom holding a person up or you are on the top being held up. And sometimes it's standing and sometimes it's lying down and it's beautiful and YouTube it. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that <laughs> was something that I experienced a lot back mm-hmm. then was just like, how in the world could I do something that isn't abiding by my body image? Yeah. Fitness rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So interesting. It's like that whole thing, uh, movement versus exercise. Movement, just because your body wants to move and it wants to be free and it wants to dance and, and jump and all that kind of stuff versus I need to go to the gym and I need to put two hours in so I can burn X amount of calories because I ate X amount of whatever. And it's, it's just a completely different way of moving. You know, it's like my exercise, um, spots in my calendar now. It's like movement. Okay, cool. Well, what does that mean that day? Does that mean, does that mean just like rolling around on my floor? Does that mean CrossFit? Does that mean yoga? Does that mean a beach run? Like whatever it means. It's like I'm, I've given the, I've given the, you know, the reins to my body to be like, tell me what you want. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like acro yoga, same thing. I would have been like, that's not exercise. That's not exercise. What was that all about? But it totally is. When I look at my schedule back then when I had movement versus now, it's very fascinating to me because I probably do movement like triple the amount that I used to do. And it's Mm. not because I'm trying to fit it in. It's not deranged. It's not to burn calories. It's not to say that I'm moving my body. It's not obsessive. I'm doing so much because I've legitimately fallen in love with the process of Mm. not sitting at my computer and working and instead being moving my body and doing tricks and challenging myself. Mm. Time goes by so quickly now when I'm doing any form of movement that I enjoy. It's so fast. And so Mm -hmm. there's like not enough time in the day for me now. It feels like to do all the things that I want to do because I'm doing it with a community and a tribe and it's Mm -hmm. fun. And not once do I also feel guilty if I do nothing. In fact, normally I'm like, heck yeah, like I'm going to take today to Mm -hmm. rest and it's going to feel great. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. nothing's about numbers. Like it doesn't matter. there's no numbers there's no like how long did I do this time how much did I burn how often a week am I doing this I I couldn't tell Mm. you because I Mm. don't track it I don't check it I just know that Mm -hmm. today's Friday and I definitely want to get my body moving in Pilates and I want to get some acroyoga and I can't but I would love to if I could but I did Mm -hmm. last night and it's like I just want to do it because it makes me feel good and I never Mm. thought I would get to this place it certainly took a a very serious divorce from yeah. from the old way of thinking and I had to be very stern mm-hmm. about it and have standards about mm-hmm. separating myself from movement but then mm-hmm. once I was ready to come back it happened very effortlessly Mm, yeah, I think there's like one one intention when we're exercising. It's like to burn calories to lose weight. Like it's very narrow. It's very, very focused and it's very militant. Whereas like movement, the reasons why I move are there's millions, right? It could be like, I need to get out of my head and into my body because I need to, I need answers that I don't know right now. And when I move my body and I get those energy bodies moving in my, in my, in my system, it gives me perspective. It gives me answers. It gives me clarity. I'm like, Oh God. Oh, this anxiety that I'm feeling in my solar plexus. Okay, great. Well, that's not mine. That was like something that I just like absorbed. And through the practice of movement, it was able to actually get process through my body I get to tap deeper into my creativity I get to clear any you know any anxiety I get to have a clear mind like the the uh the 
the outcomes of movement, intentional movement from a place of love are so much greater than fear-based exercise based on calories in, calories out. So, yeah. Before I forget, I have to say that you are, man, you are such a good dancer. You're insane. <laughs> really, you are crazy. I watch your um, your dancing videos and I'm just like, this girl can move. And I had no idea. And I remember hearing about your past being a dancer. For every, everyone that doesn't know, Samantha, you used to be a stunt double, right, for Smallville? Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good memory, girl. Wow. Because last time you told me that, I didn't think you were talking about the Smallville. I was like, oh, oh yeah. probably a show called Smallville that's like in Vancouver. But then <laughs> I, I looked it up and I realized that the Smallville is in, it's filmed there or wherever. It's yeah. Filmed, it was filmed in, uh, in Burnaby, which is about half an hour from where I live. So that was my, that was my gig. Like what a crazy thing to have when you're 16 years old. It's, that's insane. <laughs> that's like, that's like the uh-huh. show that was always on in my family growing up. Like after school, I always be on. So really? I saw you whenever I was young, like I was watching you on the TV. It's funny. I didn't know how big the show was when I was working on it. Isn't that strange? I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do like this job down the road. And I like had no idea how big the show was. Literally, it's so funny. What does that even mean though to be a stunt double when you're 16? Like, were you doing all these dangerous tricks that you were just talented from birth at doing? Um, yeah, basically like anything, anything that, um, she couldn't do, um, I would step in and do, we were, you know, we, you, you would, you would double for an actor, actor that you had like the same height, you were the same height, you were the same weight, you like looked the same from the back, whatever, whatever. So it could be as something as simple as like standing on the ladder with one leg out. It could be jumping into a pool. It could be jumping off a cliff. It could be like, like tuck and rolling. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of like, you know, like my life wasn't, there wasn't a time where I was like, my life's in danger. Like it wasn't like super crazy, but it was a lot of like, like, um, tricks and jumps and flips. And because my body is, I can move my body and I can fall downstairs and I can do all that kind of stuff. Um, I would do that before she would, so she wouldn't get hurt because I, they pay her a lot more than they pay me. <laughs> do you have any videos of this? Cause I really want to see just like a clip of, of you doing these things. Yeah, for sure. I can send them to you. Okay, cool. Uh, awesome. <laughs> so did you, so dancing then going back to dancing, um, is that, basically your favorite form of truly embodying yourself these days yeah absolutely and it comes in all forms and so it could be like I, I turn on you know music in my bedroom and I just like move and I like and sometimes I like move and like yell and scream because I'm like oh I feel so locked up I feel so like congested energetically and so I'll just like da- like yesterday I was feeling angry like really fucking angry and so I like put on some like you know intense music and I like just angrily danced it was like oh it felt so good I like stomped and I punched pillows and I like screamed and it wasn't my anger you know it it was one of those things where I'm like there's literally nothing to be angry about but I feel that energy in my body and I'm like this just needs to get out so I can get on with my day and so I just like like kicked and punched and screamed and then I was like okay I'm good now so there can be that or maybe like uh, like more like sensual dancing where I like like candles and I really like get into like my feminine flow and just like feel really like sexy and good in my body or then there's like artistic dancing where I'll go take like a contemporary class and I'll like it'll that'll be more like performance based dancing rather than like more internal dancing um and then like if I yeah if I want to do like partner dancing I'll do salsa or like if I feel like gangster I'll do hip-hop like it's so it's so beautiful like dance is like this amazing thing where like no matter what I'm feeling I can express it through dance and um it, it just it's something that I've just like always done and always come come back to I struggled with you know anxiety when I was younger and so dance was like my thing it was like it was like oh I'm feeling anxious I just need to dance I just need to like get into my body and I just need to move and it was always not from like escapism but just like I just need to like do this like this is just what my body needs right now and it would always help and it would always feel so good and so I've just carried that into my my adult life and I don't I don't do it professionally anymore like I don't get paid to be a dancer but I just do it because I love it (laughs) right I love this and the doors to being able to access that joy from dancing probably opened once you finally closed the doors on only looking at movement for working Uh, out totally yeah because I I used to do that in like even when I was a a dancer professionally there was times or what like when I went through my like diet depression days, I was like, I'm going to turn dance into like this thing that I have to do. Right. And so like I lost, there was like years there where I like lost that love for it. Cause I was like, how many calories is this like ballet class, you know? And now I'm just like, whatever, this just feels so good. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you were just saying, like you were feeling like this instant overbearing emotion of anger and it wasn't really your personal anger. It was more of like 
would you say collective anger? Like you're just feeling mm-hmm. heavy from, how does that work with you? Because I, I, you've said this to me before where you just started crying and it wasn't about you. It was just about something that came upon you. Like you were just crying mm-hmm. for the world, crying for what's mm-hmm. going on. And, mm-hmm. and obviously specific, there are specifics that are happening in our world right now that are worth crying about and being angry, but let's, act like it's a different time when mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. just feeling emotional for the world mm-hmm. what does mm-hmm. that feel like what does that look like and how do you not freak out whenever you have these immense emotions come upon you for no logical reason yeah good question i think it's it's like it's like just that like separating the emotionality from the logic right as soon as we're so conditioned to feel an energy in our body that doesn't feel good and then create a story around it so go okay I feel angry. What can I be angry at? Because our, our ego loves to put emotion in a box, right? It's like, okay, well, we're angry because this happened or we're angry because this happened. And then once we identify it with something in our external world, we're going to keep manifesting that story and we're going to keep adding reasons as to why that makes sense. Whereas what if we just kept it in the body and went, okay, I'm, I'm, experience, I'm experiencing the sensation of anger. Notice I, I didn't say I am angry because I don't want to identify with that because mm-hmm. I am not angry. I'm experiencing the energy of anger, right? And, uh, and and people do this a lot with anxiety. I am an anxious person. It's like, no, you're not. You are experiencing anxiety. And so when we can observe it rather than identify with it, it's so much easier to move through our body. Our ego loves identities as well. We say I am anxious because it's like this is my identity. I, this is who I am. Um, and so when we can remove from creating stories around the energy and we can remove the labels. We can just observe it for what it is and we can go, okay, this is something that I'm experiencing. My body's trying to tell me something. I'm not sure what that is. It doesn't actually matter. Let me, let me do, let me move through this. Let me be with this pain. Let me heal it. Let me love it. Maybe it's my inner child just wanting me to pay attention to her. Maybe this anger is something from a client. You know, I, I coach hundreds of women on a weekly basis and there's a lot of emotion that goes on there. And so may, perhaps this is just from a client, but whatever it is, it doesn't actually matter because what matters is I want to get back in alignment. I want to get back into my natural state and doing that requires me to lean into my body, be in my body be with that emotion and heal it um, we do a practice called emotional balancing where I get to feel the anger and I get to bring in love and I can feel those two things at the same time and because love is is just m- more powerful when we focus on the love and we focus on bringing in the love the anger dissipates and so we're not fighting the anger away it just goes away by by virtue of us focusing on the love because ultimately what we focus on expands right what we appreciate appreciates and so um so yeah so to answer your question it's like not making stories around the energy that i'm feeling my body not labeling it but just asking myself what do i really need right now because my body's communicating to me and the the language of the body is through sensation it's not through language and so it's very difficult to to kind of like integrate logic with emotionality because it doesn't it, it doesn't read Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since, okay. So in your coaching sessions, do you experience this as well? Sometimes when I'm coaching women, it's a lot of, we have a lot of conversations around emotions and the whole point of sharing their stories around what's going on in their lives is I'm experiencing anxiety and I don't like it. Why is it here? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of judgment towards these emotions. Yeah. It's just so much judgment and it can be like the entire session is focused on why am I feeling upset over this thing? Why am I feeling upset over this thing? Why am I upset? Um, So I find that there is a a very big lack of acceptance with emotions, especially. Mm -hmm. No, no, I won't say especially. This is equally for men and for women because men, Mm -hmm. of course, have lots of emotional, like, stagnation Mm -hmm. because men can only feel this way or only feel this way or or only show it. But for women, I think that there is this stigma against emotions being crazy Mm -hmm. and it's, it breaks my heart, but that is a huge problem whenever women Mm. are, let's say dating someone and there's emotions that come up and then they're playing Mm -hmm. with their heart and it's like confusing. And then the the woman feels guilty or feels like it's her fault because she Mm -hmm. is just a crazy emotional person. And there's nothing crazy about being emotional. In fact, it's a power. It's a super human power and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And the more women Mm -hmm. that can learn how to embrace and accept those wide ranges of emotions, Mm -hmm. less guilt and shame and anxiety you're going to have about those emotions because Mm -hmm. half the anxiety is coming from 
the the fear of the emotion, thinking it's a threat. And whenever yes. you stop thinking it's a threat and it's welcome to come whenever it wants, there's no anxiety about its possible return. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like we are just all we're doing is just observing sensations in our body all the time. And so I, I love how you use the word threat, and I know that's going to ring true for a lot of people. Um, it, it does feel like that, you know, it's like, because we're still operating from a reptilian brain, you know, human consciousness is changing and evolving, but it's going to take a little bit longer to get out of that very reptilian fear-based brain. When we have the emotion of anxiety, all of a sudden we go, I'm not safe. I'm going to die. I need to protect myself. I need to put up walls. I need to create stories. I need to do all these things because we do feel threatened. It's like something bad's going to happen. Right. Something bad can happen. So yesterday I was feeling I was feeling just like uneasy. I was driving down to the airport to pick up a friend and I'm like, I just feel weird. I feel uneasy. And I could I could I could observe my mind trying to make it about my business. And I'm like, that's not even true. You know, it's not even true. I'm not threatened. Everything's fine. The emotion that I'm feeling is totally fine. But it's very easy for us to go there because we are still um, operating from a reptilian brain. And so our brains are naturally geared to look for all of the reasons to keep us safe, which is a beautiful thing. At the end of the day, it's a beautiful thing. Our brains are only trying to keep us safe, but we're not in danger anymore. We're not in danger anymore. We're not going to, you know, get killed by another tribe. Mm-hmm. One thing I've started to do recently, and when I say recently, I mean like a couple of years, <laughs> um, <laughs> is like the other day thing. I always say the other day when I actually mean like five years ago. But- <laughs> I do that too. I do that too. <laughs> Um, for the past couple of years, I have been very, uh, I've made it a goal to experience an emotion and then not let it keep going without trying to gain some awareness of the root. And right. this sounds very simple, but it's actually not that instinctive because a lot of times we'll feel anxious and then we'll be like, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. Oh my gosh, I'm anxious and feed into that loop. But what's really helped me is to feel What's the emotion I'm trying to think of? It's not really anxiety. It's more like, uh, okay, maybe, but it's more of like frustrated nervousness, like really yeah. ner- nervous and yeah. and on edge. And it could be anxiety, but I'm really feeling, I'm re- really resonating with the word nervousness right now. But mm-hmm. I will feel the sensation where I might even feel a little bit nervous slash reactive and I'm just waiting for something to react to. And then I, I have to actually stop and be like, what is the root of this? And I will think about my whole day. I'll think about breakfast. Mm. I'll think about when I was brushing my teeth. I'll think about that text I got. Oh, the text I got. The text I got mm. from my mom when she said blah, blah, blah. And then I'll really try to figure out what it is. And then from there, I'll be like, okay, that text really bothered me. What's bothering me about it? What is she thinking? Mm. Is this all about yeah. me? It's not really about her. I'm dealing with my own shit right now and it's coming up. And I can mm-hmm. let it go. I can let it go mm-hmm. because... This emotion isn't this big mystery that's controlling my day. I found, I found it. I just got really curious about why I'm feeling this way with it. And it loses so much power. Like oh, yeah. 90, oh, yeah. 99% of the time when that happens and I pinpoint it and I look at it and I get curious about it, it goes away and I don't have mm-hmm. to try to push it away. It just goes away mm-hmm. because I, I discovered what the root was. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love that. I love that. I, I find um, when I'm meddling, and so I use that word as in when I'm trying to change things in my external world, like, you know, how like, are you familiar with that word meddling? Like, yeah. I, I'm going to like meddle in my relationship. I'm going to meddle in my business. I'm going to meddle with my friends. When I'm doing that, that is a clear indication. Like whenever I'm trying to change what is in my external world, that's a clear indication that my inner child is like, I need you. I need help. I need validation. I need support. I need love. I need you to nurture me. I need you to take care of me. I need you to have a fucking nap. <laughs> you know, it's like I need you to 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 be here with me. And so when when the needs of my inner child are not met by my evolved woman, I start meddling in my external world and it is so obvious to me when that happens. It's so, it's so obvious. It happened yesterday. I was like trying to meddle in my business. I'm like it like silly little things. Like Reaching out to everyone on my team being like, 
I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Like, like getting a little bit like not obsessive, but like, give me the stats for this. And what's going on with this funnel? It's like that. It doesn't matter, Sam. It doesn't matter. What's what matters is you don't actually feel grounded and secure right now. So you're trying to change things. It's so interesting. Yeah. I do stupid shit like that all the time. Like not saying that you're being, you did something stupid, but I, I, <laughs> it's pretty stupid. It's pretty stupid. I will do stuff that like, like I will have something that needs to get done and by um like my assistant or, or something like that and I will be emailing, 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 trying to get something accomplished, trying to get it done. And then I'm like, I could have done it within two seconds. But for yeah. some reason I'm I'm just trying to feed my need for control here. Yes. And it's yes. very it, I don't I do this without really recognizing it sometimes and then I have to catch myself and be like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so can you explain yeah. a little bit more on the inner child. I love this topic. I love talking about the inner child and how, mm-hmm. how do you, in your past, let's get very specific. Yeah. How have you experienced the repression of your inner child and what was your, I don't want to use the hokey word key, but I'm going to say what mm-hmm. was the key for mm-hmm. you helping the inner child feel more expressive and free? Yeah. I think first and foremost, just recognizing that um, there's no such thing as adults, just grown up children. We're all just children. And the things that we desperately needed as a child to feel validated, love, accepted, we still need those things. We just don't recognize that we do. And so I think for the majority of people, you know, listening and in the world, they don't understand that there's they're completely driven by their inner child. Our, Our inner children are older than us. You know, like if you think about it, they've been around, I'm 28 years old. They, my inner child has been around for 28 years. My evolved woman has been around for, I don't know, maybe five, you know, (laughs) maybe. Maybe. And and so like that part of me, that's like, quote, I don't like to use the word like evolved because I I, like, I don't think that I'm evolved, but I'm evolving, you know, I'm becoming more conscious, whatever that means also. Um, But my inner child has no idea what that, what that is and no concept of that. All she's trying to do is get her needs met constantly. And so the first thing for me um, in my journey back into my body and back into like um, the integration of my woman and child is I just had to understand like there's a driving force in my body that is literally ruling everything. And so, you know, when we get reactive and say someone says something to us and we like, boom, and we say something back at them and then we take a beat and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. That was horrible. Like, and then we judge ourselves, yada, yada, yada. What we have to understand is that's not our like evolved woman saying that it's our inner child that's just trying to get her needs met and so what happens is is when we do when we don't meet our child's inner needs she goes external she's like okay well how can I get this from a relationship how can I get this from money how can I get this from my parents from business whatever it is and so having the awareness around we all have children in our bodies that need help that needs support and so then the conversation becomes okay I have the awareness now that this is existing in my body what does my inner child need and just from that question alone it creates the relationship it creates the integration it's like rather than running away from this this being in me and denying her needs I'm just gonna ask her like what do you need and that conversation may like when for those people listening like maybe when you ask that question it's going to be like, uh, I don't know yet. And that's okay. Um, for me, it took a little while for, for my body to actually tell me what it needed. And that's cool. Like that's definitely a journey back in. Um, and, and then, and then just like really remembering, like, what did you love to do as a child? I know for me, I was, I was super sensitive. I was, um, I loved to play. I loved to, I was like a jokester. I was always like the class clown. I would always do these things. And throughout my life, people told me constantly, Sam, you're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. And so what did I do? I was like, oh, if I'm too sensitive, I'm not going to get loved. Therefore, I shut my emotions down and I became like, I, I had a hard exterior, which I'm like breaking down day by day by day to be like, it's actually being sensitive is actually my superpower. And so it's just understanding like what, what was it when you were a child that you loved and excited you and made you smile because that's still in you. You're just not giving yourself permission to do that. And so how it looks on like a day, on like a daily basis is like, I'll literally open my eyes and I'll be like, does my inner child like want to like, what does she want to do right now? Like, are we going to, are we going to go to the gym? Are we going to do yoga? What's going on? Um, when I'm with like, you know, in a, in a relationship, it's like, what do I need from this person and how can I give that to myself first? And so the way that I look at it now is like everything in my external world should only be value added because I've already met the needs of my inner child. And it's truly just about like the exploration of, 
understanding that this being exists within us and we get to honor it. And the more we honor it, the more we meet the needs of our inner child, the more aligned and integrated we're going to be. And then we can choose what feels good and what doesn't feel good because we're not we're not approaching the world from a place of like lack and limitation or, and like deficit. It's only like, is this thing aligned? Is this relationship aligned? Is this friend aligned? Is this whatever it is? It can be something so small. Um, and that journey for me was one of the huge turning points in just feeling more grounded, whole and certain with myself. And so when, when my body is experiencing anxiety, I just check in with my inner child. I'm like, what's up, girl? Like, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I support you? How, how can I love you more? What, what, what do you really want right now? Do you want to go like play? Should we just go jump in the ocean? Or do you want to have a nap? Or do you want to call mom? Like, you know, it's like, there's like so many, so many options. And, uh, the last, the last piece I'll say on this is, um, yeah, yeah. It, so, so, and the more we honor, so right now your, your inner child, if you've never experienced this, has like, doesn't trust you. You know, she just, she just is like having a shit fit in the corner being like, okay, I'm abandoned and I'm, no one cares about my needs. And so it's going to take a little bit of time to reconnect that relationship and for her to be like, oh, she's here for me. And for you to be like, oh, this little being will communicate what I need at all times. And so that relationship takes, um, some time. So there we go. <laughs> Oh, I love all of those. They're so spot on. It reminds me of an exercise that I have my some of my clients do who need to reconnect with that inner child. I have them get a photo of them mm -hmm. from whatever age they felt like their vulnerability, curiosity, exploration was repressed, like starting yeah. to not get their needs met. In some mm -hmm. instances, it can be um, a version of themselves where they truly didn't feel provided for from their mom or from their dad. Yeah. Or a time in their life where they had needs and, and everyone ignored them. And it's a, I have them choose a photo that really resonates with those emotions. And I have them yeah. put, put, you've probably heard this before, but for anyone who hasn't heard this, have them put it by their bedstand. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then either in the morning or at night, you send either love to that version of yourself, that five, mm -hmm. five-year-old version of herself who never received love from her father, or yeah. you ask her a question, like you were saying, what does your inner child need? Sometimes it helps people to actually look at a visual. So yeah. looking at this version of you, the six-year-old, 12-year-old, 20-year-old mm. who wasn't getting needs met and say, what do you yeah. need today? What did For you sure. need? What did you need five years ago that you didn't get? Right. What did you need 15 yeah. years ago you didn't get that I can help provide yeah. for you today? Um, so true. So and, true. And writing a letter actually is also a really powerful thing. Like writing a letter to your inner child to be like, Hey, I love you so much. I'm so sorry that I like abandoned you. Like that's what I wrote. I was like, I'm so sorry that I've abandoned you. I'm here for you. I love you. Blah, 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 blah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I love doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think two of the qualities that I really love about the inner child for me is one curiosity and yeah, two yeah. doing things just because. That's oh, I, I love that. I love that. That's what I love about kids. It's like mm -hmm. they, if they see something cool, they'll go, it doesn't matter if it's 3 p.m. or if it's 9 p.m. They'll go over and they'll touch it and they'll look at mm -hmm. it and they'll play with it and, and they'll say goofy totally. things and they'll mm -hmm. just, they're just so innocent and, and they don't really care what people think. And so I ask yeah. myself, how can I, what things can I do today just because I want to? Like, doesn't have to have a reason. so good. It's um, like, what are the things that we can do that are not productive and don't have like an outcome attached? We're just doing them because we love them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then curiosity, because I felt like a lot of my, a lot of like, a lot of curiosity in my life growing up was, of course, um, encouraged. Like, curiosity with music, curiosity with, um religion curiosity yeah. with yeah. the yeah. movies but mm -hmm. at the same time the things that i'm curious about as an adult that i'm sure i would have been curious about as a kid those were repressed like yeah let's say spirituality yeah. no 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 mm -hmm. like religion yes spirituality no or um mm -hmm. even like the human body like that was there was a lot of um uh, taboo around that like totally. around the anatomy and sensuality mm -hmm. and sexuality mm -hmm. and like th not that i'm trying to say that i wish i was exploring my body at the age of five. But at the same time, I am a human being. And I think mm -hmm. that there are certain mm -hmm. areas that I 
felt very stifled in my curiosity or shameful about or guilty or Mm. off the table topics. And as an adult, I have to ask myself, Mm. what am I living by in this moment? Like I noticed Uh. today as a 26 year old, gosh, I almost said 23 as a 26. (laughs) How did that happen? As a 26 year old, I lit, I'm not even kidding. I almost thought I was 23. Um, I, I I noticed times in my life where I'm like really living inside of a box. I'm like trying to be the same person I was that I was supposed to be when I was 13 from like my family. And that's so freaking scary, Samantha. Like when I, when I realized like what, how my subconscious is telling me to live might not be the way I want to actually live. That's so scary because like, there's Mm -hmm. no, I always had a parent to tell me that this is the way to do it. And now I'm like an adult and and that's what my inner child wants. It's, it wants to create its own rules and do things just because and be curious. Well, well, I love, I love this. And, And so here's the thing with identity. We, we like, so we are a certain way quote unquote, we are a certain way and we are so addicted to the identities that we've been told or we've been grown up with or whatever it is. And so we are so committed and addicted to those identities that when something challenges it or whatever, we we defend, 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 defend. But what if, to your point, we say we are constantly evolving and changing and I reserve the right to change my mind and my beliefs and my identity every frigging day? Like how much more freeing would our lives be and how much more flexibility for opportunity and growth would we be able to achieve because we're so malleable and not malleable as in like being a pushover, but like, what is my truth today? Who am I today? How can I live my best life today? Because that's going to be different than it was yesterday and tomorrow. And so I went through this, uh, I'll share a quick story. I was, um, I was in a retreat, um, with, with one of my mentors in Ireland a, a few months ago. And I was going through like my beliefs with men and I was like, no, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. I was so committed to these beliefs until he, until, until he turned to me and he goes, Sam, are you sure those are your beliefs or are those your mom's beliefs? And I was like, whoa, you're so right. Yes. Those are my mom's beliefs. Like she was the one that like has said this her whole life and I've just like absorbed them and took them on as my own. And and I've been great. Maybe like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so so the first belief that she said was a man has to take care of you. He has to make more money than you. And he has to be, you know, the driving, you know, masculine force and take care of everything. And so my whole life I've been, I've been, I've been manifesting and attracting men who are like, super successful entrepreneurs, a lot, loads of money. And they've been assholes. You know, it's like, I've been dating these guys. I'm like, I actually don't like you. But then the, then there was a guy who was like on my level, whatever that means, or like maybe, maybe a few years behind me career wise, whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like, Oh my God, this person's amazing. I get along with them so well. We're like best friends. Everything's so fun, but I can't date them because they're not going to be able to take care of me. And I just like, that was my mom's belief. And it was just, so fascinating. I'm like, that's actually not mine. So I, I got to like crush that belief and I got to create a new one to be like, it doesn't actually matter the progression of someone's success because people can become successful overnight. We know this, especially in the age that we're in. You know, you can you can go from making $30,000 a year into like however much you want to make within like a year. Um, so that actually doesn't matter. And what I'm, what I'm now looking for is like energetic fit, right? And so so it was it was a belief that I was like, wow, this has not been serving me for years. And now I got to realize what it is. Um, and there is, there was a lot of, there was a lot of other views of, of like that my mom had that I just like took on about, about just like kind of like the way the world works around money, around all of these things. And I got to like go through all the areas of my life and be like, what beliefs am I still, still holding on for my mom? It was fascinating. I want to give you a high five right now. Like so badly. I don't even know why. I just want to be like, yes, because I so feel you. Like, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. love that you just said this because I was thinking about this yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, I think I was like on my stationary bike, just like killing some time. And I was really, really thinking about this. And this is the same exact thing for me. It's, I was definitely, definitely raised to believe that I would be a stay at home, um, wife, or I would be in a corporate nine to five job. And yeah. so obviously not married, no kids, and I am not in a mm-hmm. nine to five job. So very different. Mm-hmm. 
that mm-hmm. is a way that I have broken free and I've done my own thing. Mm. But when it comes to dating and men, there's a belief that I have not broken free from. And that's the one you just shared. It's I've always yeah. thought that even if I'm making six figures, I need to make sure that I find a man who's making twice as many, twice as much as I'm making in six figures. Like totally. if I'm making a hundred thousand, he needs to make 200,000 yeah. because he needs to take care of me. Like totally. that's my, my, it's just, it's embedded in my belief. So when I'm dating yep. someone, if I hear they have a certain job that I don't think probably makes much money, I'm like, well, darn, they're not going to be able to yes. pay for my kid's college and pay for, yeah, you know, 100%, it's 100%. because, and then I, and yesterday, <laughs> so yesterday I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, what is my issue with me making more money? And if, if I am such a mm. successful driven, um, passionate worker career wise, what is wrong with me being one that could potentially make more? And I yeah. really tried to slow down and, and look at this and be like, what's the issue here? And it really boils down to this one belief. It's not even my own mm-hmm. belief. There is no yeah. issue here. If I make more and we're yeah. doing great and they have, they have ambition and they have success in what they are doing and they're, mm-hmm. they're hungry to get off the couch and go create mm-hmm. something in this world. That's what I want. But more than mm. anything, I want a partnership. And, and I don't see, I don't foresee myself giving up on my career anytime soon. I love what I do. So the, the fear of not being taken care of, that doesn't exist because I'll no, never, it doesn't. like me and you, we are our own. I guess it sounds cheesy, but like Prince Charming's because we've come and rescued mm-hmm. ourselves and like taking care mm-hmm. of ourselves, which is a skill that we've learned through creating our own businesses, which is awesome. But this belief, it has the potential to, to sabotage any good relationship. Totally. totally. It's, it's interesting. I, about a year and a half ago, I dated a firefighter who was amazing, like such a great guy, lovely. He like, it was, he wrote me like a really funny poem, like our second date. And I was like, you're hilarious. You're so funny. And, um, like really paid attention to like my needs would like open the car door, like just, just so kind and so sweet. And I was like, and literally what I thought about was it's a shame that you're a firefighter because I totally would have dated you. And I'm like, dang. And I like, when I thought, when I like revealed this belief that this is just not true, I like wanted to call him and be like, Steve, I'm so sorry. Like the only reason I didn't date you is because I had this belief, which was actually my mom's belief. And, and if I did not have that belief, we probably would have dated because you're freaking awesome. And so, um, you know, everything in divine timing, obviously I'm not going to go back and do that. Well, I could, but I don't know, probably not. Do it. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> that, that might be actually a cool experiment just to see what he says. Um, but it's just so beautiful because had I, had I had the awareness that I have now, I would have entered that relationship in, with a much different lens, a much different filter. And that could have been something beautiful. So I think we, we block our ability to have uh, incredible experiences in life based on beliefs that just aren't even ours and aren't even true and authentic to who we are. And so like the ability that like I can change my mind whenever I want, I can be flexible with my beliefs. I can create beliefs that are true for me in this moment. If we're all, if we're constantly evolving, which we are, whether that's intentionally evolving or not, we're all evolving. And so if we have the same beliefs and we all evolved and the chasm between our beliefs and who we are, is just going to grow greater and greater and greater and creating more tension as we go and as we as we grow older and so giving ourselves the permission to constantly like like destroy the structure of what does not fit and create a new structure of where we're going is only going to add to that flow of like evolution mm, destroying the structure of what does not fit i freaking love that <laughs> i could like do an entire dating belief beliefs on dating episode with you because I keep do it. I keep uncovering things all the time and I think I need to spend some time just journaling and writing down all the things because I'm I also realize just to tack on a couple of things like when it comes to spirituality like I was raised to think that I have to be with someone who's a very religious person and I am not religious I'm spiritual so I've had to realize like wow maybe religion like it sounds so silly coming out of my mouth cuz it's like well no duh if you're not that then you don't need to find that but still like mm. even whenever I'm with someone that's not exactly what my parents told me I had to find. I have like this almost guilty feeling. Yeah. And I've been yeah. working through that a lot, but there's still like a, an extra couple layers that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. letting go of, of like the, yeah. the deeper, deeper subconscious. That's like, Oh, like, Oh, they're not what they want, you know? And then I have to let go of that. And then I have a fairly, I have, I have an interest in living in an alternative type of lifestyle, like traveling a lot. And they're more mm-hmm. of like, my parents are more of like stationary, be in one place yeah. and like have a partner mm-hmm. that's in one place and very rooted. And I'm like, what's wrong with being all over? What's wrong with yeah. traveling? I yeah. like, I mean, I like being rooted and I like being grounded, but there's also something to be said for being 
uh, a traveler and seeing the world. And so yeah, this mm-hmm. is really good. I love talking about this type of stuff. Okay, I have an idea. This is what we're going to do. You and I are going to go and we're both going to journal about this. We're going to get all the information down, figure out like what are our true beliefs. And then you're going to come on my show and let's do an episode on this. Oh my gosh. I selfishly just really want to have this conversation with you. And if we can like help other people, that'd be awesome. I'm smiling so big. We are so going to do this. This is a great idea. A hundred percent. Let's let let's get it in the calendar ASAP. Oh my gosh, I am so freaking excited. This is gonna be amazing. <laughs> we should also like get in some like followers questions, like p- listeners yeah. questions, and like what they have to say. Oh my if- gosh. Ooh. Yeah. So, okay, who's ever listening, submit your questions to Maddie. She'll collect them, and we'll 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 cruise and we'll do it. Okay, sweet. This is gonna be amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay. So Okay, so before we wrap on up, we have to talk about your six month program. And mm. what's to come for it? What people can expect? I'm so excited about it. Can you please share a little bit about society and this epic yeah. program that you've created for your audience and my audience and everyone that's going through this emotional weight journey? Mm. So, yeah, I shared a little bit about you know my my story and like why I'm I'm doing this and and it's basically because I you know was a dancer and an actress growing up struggled with food in my body for the longest time, literally had no idea how to eat like a normal person, diet after diet after diet. And I was like, hang on a second. This actually has nothing to do with the food. This actually has nothing to do with dieting. Like we are living in a world where we don't have a weight loss problem in America. We have a sustainability problem because we're not actually addressing what is the root of of all of this. So because of that, we're stuck in this like diet binge, diet binge, diet binge cycle. And so I just looked at that through my own journey. You know, I was a personal trainer and I saw my clients go through that. And I just looked at like the, the industry, the weight loss industry. I'm like, this is corrupted. Like these people are marketing to people's insecurities, keeping them stuck in the cycle. And so I could talk about that for hours, but that's beside the point. So what I've done is I've created a program based on like my own experience and based on my client's experience to really get to the root of like what is causing all of this because honestly it has nothing to do with food and body nothing it's not about the food at all and so it's really a journey of like getting back into the body and uncovering like what is causing this and let's heal this at like a foundational cellular level therefore we can start to use food for health and hunger and pleasure when we want and we can integrate back into our bodies know the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue and so I've created a six-month journey just to facilitate that for women of of just finally once and for all just like getting out of that cycle and living you know living the lives that their their hearts truly want you know it's I love breaking like helping people get out of the diet binge cycle like I'm ninja at that that's like what I do all day every day However, what excites me to the core is like seeing someone go through that journey, not spend 80% of their life obsessing and then seeing what they create on the other side of it. Like that's amazing. Like that, that for me, I was like, ah, this is so cool. Because when we, when we, when we are like lit up and we're in our power and we're not, we're not struggling anymore, like we're unstoppable. We truly are. So that's that. So yeah. 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 So much of, so much beauty and so much passion can actually come out of this pain, I guess you could say this pain that you've experienced. If anyone experienced really tough, challenging times with body image and food and disordered eating, like it's beautiful. What can come from it? My entire business came from it. Your entire business came from it. Mm -hmm. I've worked with people that are, that have created jewelry businesses out of it, art businesses out of it, have become coaches themselves Mm -hmm. or intuitive eating coaches have written books. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning to watch someone have an experience that's really rough and have this emotional Mm -hmm. weight bringing them down Mm -hmm. in their life target it, look at it, write about it, Mm. talk about it, and then create an Mm -hmm. entire business out of it. That's freaking, Mm. it's one of the best things of being able to watch these journeys and, and, and know Mm. that your pain is not purposeless. There is a purpose to it. You will, you will see it. But first, first, the most important thing is to begin to look at that pain and ask yourself Mm -hmm. why and dive in deeper. And it's best to do it with a team. It really is. And that's Mm -hmm. why I absolutely support anyone that is interested in this program to apply to speak with you because Mm -hmm. I don't do so much of the body image chat on this podcast anymore. And I really love when I know Mm -hmm. when I have colleagues and friends who are very, very, very passionate about keeping this Mm -hmm. conversation going and healing those inner wounds Mm -hmm. with people. So when mm-hmm. is the last day for people to apply? So we're kicking it off on November the 20th. And um, so just if you, yeah, if, if this is something that calls you, get your application in. Um, we're taking 60 people for November. So um, I would love to chat with 
with you. You'll either touch myself or um, Aaron, who is a, a wonderful girl on my team. So we'll have a chat. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out, you know, get to the core of like what's going on. And then we'll just, <clears throat> we'll just see if it's a mutual fit for us both. And then we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> awesome. And I will Yay! make sure that I have the link to apply for society on the show awesome. notes for this. It is episode 174. So you'll want to get that link there. And before we wrap this up, I've got a quick fire round for you. Yay. I love these. I was so excited for this. It's so fun. <laughs> okay. Whatever comes to your mind first. These okay. are kind of tough though. So if you have to take a second, that's okay. Okay. What are three words to describe you right now in this moment today? Um, effervescence, grounded and curious. What edge are you on in life? Relationships. Oof, always. <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Venice. What? Okay. This. I, what did you eat for breakfast? Did you even eat breakfast? It's like super I over there. I, I had coffee. Okay. <laughs> yum. <laughs> um, what's your biggest quality turn on in a partner? Mm, assertiveness. Fuck yes. I love assertiveness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just tell me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> be decisive. Yeah, Boss yeah. me around, you exactly. sexy man. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Someone's going to get mad at me for that comment. Okay. <laughs> Three people you'd invite to the perfect dinner party. Ooh. Um, it would be Katy Perry. Um, Katy, hey, hang on. This is a good, this is a good <laughs> question. Um, Katy Perry, Sarah Blakely, and my mom. Aw. What's your favorite meal right now? Come on. This is obvious. <laughs> tacos? Oh, tacos. <laughs> it's always tacos. Always tacos. Never changes. Never changes. It's my it's my go-to. If love tasted like a flavor, what would it be? Ooh. Cacao with cinnamon and honey. Ooh. It's like a little bit of... It's like sweet, but a little bit of bitterness. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> kind of ooey gooey. <laughs> okay. Um, what's a must-read book for everyone? Ooh, um, gosh, there's so many. The book that comes to mind. You know what? The book that comes to mind is just so simple and so easy. Is the Four Agreements. It's just so oh, clear, yeah. so simple. I love that book. It, yeah, mm -hmm. it really is. And it's life-changing when you can it practice it's, it. Yeah. It, it's like simple and just, yeah. Who would you cast to play the role of you in a movie about your life? Ooh. Oh, um, Ellen Page. Which one are you? Fire, earth, water, or Fire air? all day long. Mm, me too. That's why we're <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, two more questions. If you had a spirit animal, what would it be? Dolphin. Dolphin! <laughs> yeah, and that's me. last one, which is probably the hardest. If you had a ship, what would you name it? Phoenix. Oh, not hard at all. You got it. <laughs> Easy peasy. And it relates with the fire. It's like perfect. Exactly, exactly. Our, our tribe is called the, the Phoenixes, a being that obtains new life from rising from the ashes. And that's what we do is like we help people obtain new life. What's your sign? <laughs> Pisces. Okay. Pisces. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I bet you have yeah. a little bit of Scorpio in there though because Scorpio is yeah. like the Phoenix. Yeah. Maybe that's like, you know how like your moon's rising in like something yeah. else? Maybe, maybe that's what I am. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. <laughs> I could totally check it out for you. I can find that oh, out. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. If you let me know the day you were born and the time and where, I can look that up and find out. Okay. I'll text it to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, uh, Samantha. Uh, uh, thank you, my love. You know what? It's like you and I, there's like this energy in our conversations and whether we're like recording or we're just chatting, it's like always such a pleasure and it's it's so uh, fulfilling to speak to you. So I so appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel the exact same way about you. And it's funny now that I know you're all about fire. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense with our conversations. Cause we're just like, yeah, boy, yeah. Boy, boy. like we keep going. Like, 
but it's so flowy and it's so good and i just love having you on and i feel like we are so like-minded in our mission and and how we feel about life and the uh, the body image industry and and where we want to see it going so i so appreciate your attention to this so important topic and for coming Mm. on here and i can't wait for my audience to get to know you better Yay! I'm excited to meet them. I'm excited to meet them. Have a beautiful day, sweetie. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, everyone. As a reminder, this is episode 174, so you can go there. Go to maddiemoon.com slash samantha-skelly dash two because it's episode number two with her and you can get all of the links on the show notes for this episode there and I can't wait to see you guys next week. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.